So I can't tell you how many meetings that I've had uh, with students who are worried about finding God's will for their life. They're worried about figuring it out. Now, what's God's plan for me? You know, how am I going to make this big decision? How do I know what God wants from me? Um, is this relationship God's will? Is this major God's will? Is this uh, big decision I've got to make God's will? This job, job opportunity, this internship, is this God's will? And I get it because we want God's best for our life, right? We want to know what God's plan is. We want to make sure that our decisions are lining up with that plan. But I think oftentimes in asking if something is God's will, we're sometimes asking the wrong question. We're asking the wrong question. I'm going to explain what I mean by that. Uh, we want to know God's will, but sometimes in asking God's will, we're asking the wrong question. Tonight's message is kind of an unofficial second part uh, to my message two weeks ago when we were talking about God's sovereignty. And I know some of you guys may have missed that message. Uh, it's available to listen to online on, on, on the podcast. You can check that out. It's called Control Issues. Uh, but in that message, we talked about how because God is in control over every single detail of your life, and if you didn't know that, He's God. That's what being God means. He's sovereign. He's in control. Every single detail of your life. Because of that, we don't have to be. Because God is in control, we don't have to be. And it's incredibly freeing to realize that. Because it means if God's in control, then we don't have to be controlling or manipulative, right? To try to get our way in a situation because God's in control, right? We don't have to manipulate the situation to, to make sure it plays out in our favor, because God's already making it play out in our favor, right? And so if God's in control, it also means we don't have to worry. And we don't have to stress out and worry because we can trust that God's in control of our lives. And he's making it all work together for our good. He's got a plan for us. Uh, if we trust that God's in control, it means we can have a hope for the future, right? The future's not dark. It's bright. We can trust that he's got a plan for us. And again, if you missed that message, it's okay. It's available to listen to online. You can listen to it later. This is kind of going to kind of be an unofficial second part uh, to that. Tonight we're going to build off of that concept and look a little bit deeper into exactly what God's will is for each of our lives. What is God's will for each of our lives? Because God is in control of the specifics of your life, God's in control and we can trust that he's going to make come to pass whatever he wants to happen. Amen? And if God wants something to happen in your life, he can make it happen, right? Because he's in control. He doesn't want us to worry so much about that plan and how exactly it's all going to fall into place. That's what we like to worry about, right? But he doesn't want us to so much worry about that and the, the, the whys and, 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 and the what's and, and where all that's going to fall into place. Rather, he's much more concerned with how we're living our lives right here in the here and now. How are you living right now, today, in this moment, in this season? God's much more concerned with the how we're living uh, than us trying to figure out if every single event lines up in his timeline. Does that make sense? We sometimes think of God's will simply as his general plan for our life, the things that he wants to happen and when he wants them to happen. But as we read the scripture, and we're going to look at that here in a minute, we see that even more than the what and the when, God is much more concerned with the how of how we're living our lives. We worry about specifics, that's human nature, specifics and details and timelines and is this going to happen at the right time and am I going to start dating this girl at the right time and is the job interview going to come at the right time and I'm going to get this class done in time for this. We worry about those, all those specifics. He's much more interested in how you're living in this present moment. How are you living in these present circumstances and we can trust him with all those other details. He says, I don't want you to worry about all that. I want you to be focused on living the way I've told you to live. And trust me with all those other details. 
The truth is, God promises again and again and again that he will direct the plans of the righteous. He's going to direct the plans of the righteous. We don't direct ourselves, right? We don't, we don't determine our path ourselves. He directs the plan of the righteous. Let's look at a few verses that talk about that. Um, the first one, Proverbs 16, verse 9, says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. The writer of Proverbs says, Yeah, go on and make plans, but ultimately the Lord's going to determine your steps, right? Um, you know, it's good to have a plan. It's not wise to have no plan and just kind of stumble through life aimlessly. It's good to have plans. But ultimately, God's in control, and he's going to make you go where he wants you to go, right? Psalm 37, verse 23 says, The Lord directs the steps of who? The godly. The Lord directs the steps of the godly, and he delights in every detail of their lives. We worry about this detail. We worry about that detail. And the Bible says God delights in every detail of your life. Sometimes we worry, you know, God doesn't care about this thing. It's so small. It's so, this, is, this, is, this matters to me, but I'm not going to bother God with it because it's so small. What does that say? God delights in every detail of your life, right? So if it matters to you, it matters to God. He loves you. He cares, cares about you. Big details, small details, everything in the middle. He cares. He loves you. It says that he's going to direct the steps of the godly. So if we're godly, if we're living in a way that honors him, that pleases him, we've got a godly life, we can trust that promise. He's going to direct your steps. You don't have to worry about, oh, is this in God's will? Is this going to fit up with God's timeline? He'll make sure it will. If you're living godly, right here in the present. Let's keep going. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Some of you guys are real familiar with this. You had to memorize it in children's church. <laughs> this was your memory verse. You may have even gotten candy for it. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He's going to do what? Direct your paths. Some of you guys memorize it. He's going to make your paths straight. Yeah. Um, that's what it says. That's what it says. He says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Have faith in God completely. Have faith that God's in control. Trust in Him with all your heart. Choose not to worry about it. Instead, choose to trust Him completely. Don't lean on your own understanding. Basically, don't try to figure it out on your own. Don't, don't, don't trust in your own ability to make sense of, of every detail of your life. Right? But instead, trust in Him. Don't trust in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. That means, man, give him glory. Make sure your life is a life that's pointing to him, pointing people towards him, giving him the credit for the good that he's doing in your life, you know, pointing him, being thankful to him. And all, everything you do, acknowledge him. And then he says, he's going to direct your paths. He's going to make your path straight. Again, if, if, if we're living in a way that, that, that's righteous, uh, that's acknowledging God, glorifying God, he promises he's going to direct your path. You don't need to worry about it. You don't need to worry about, oh, how am I going to make my life line up with God's will? Uh, and, and we're thinking, man, how, how am I going to make all the events of my life fall into the perfect timeline that God's got planned for me? He says, don't worry about that. If you live godly, I'll make sure that, that your paths are direct, that your paths are straight. Are you guys hearing me? So I want us to shift how we're thinking, uh, shift how we think about things being God's will for our life. Now, that's a common Christian phrase, a common phrase we hear in the church. Man, is this God's will for my life? Right? Or, man, I just want to know God's will for my life. Or, I'm just praying to get God's will for my life. I want to change a little bit how we think about that phrase, God's will for my life. How does the Bible use that phrase, God's will? Right? That, that, that matters to us, right? What does God's word say about that? 
Because it sounds like if we're living a righteous, godly life, He's going to direct your life and make sure what He wants to come to pass does come to pass in your life. Yes, God does have a plan, and I trust as we pursue Him, as we submit to Him, submit our lives to Him, He's going to bring that plan to pass. We worry about being in God's will, but the Bible tells us if we're living righteously, He's going to make sure we're in His will. Right? If here in the present, if in this moment, in this season, we're living righteously, living lives that please Him, honor Him, He's going to make sure that we're in His will. In fact, the Bible tells us specifically what God's will is for several areas of our lives. We're going to look at three big ones tonight. First is this. It is God's will that we be thankful. It's God's will that we be thankful. It's God's will that we be thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 through 18. Paul's writing here to the church in Thessalonica. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Paul says, Rejoice always. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Right? You want to know God's will for your life? Well, there it is. Can't be spelled out any plainer for that. It's God's will that we rejoice when? Always. Always. That we pray when? Continually. Continually. And that we give thanks when? Yeah. So, so the first thing we're talking about, man, what do we know for sure is God's will for our life? According to Scripture, we know for sure it's God's will for our life that we're thankful. That we're thankful. That we're rejoicing. That we're giving thanks in all circumstances. Not necessarily giving thanks for all circumstances, but giving thanks in all circumstances, right? Uh, not everything's good. Not everything is, a, is something to, to praise God for. Um, and so some circumstances are bad, but in those circumstances, we still want to be thankful for the good, right? For the good God's done for us, for his love for us. There's still, there's still good things to be thankful for in those circumstances. You guys hear me? Um, it says rejoice. Always. Always. So every, every season, every moment, uh, we want to find ways that we can rejoice in the Lord. Find ways to, to show God that we're thankful for what he's done for us. We want to find ways to glorify God to the people around us, to tell the people around us, man, here, here's what God's done for me, uh, and here's what God's done for you and Jesus, right? We want to figure out how to glorify God and rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice always. I mean, there's there's going to be times we don't feel like rejoicing. Absolutely. I'm sure there's times Paul didn't feel like rejoicing, right? That, that uh, he got beat up, right, for being, being a missionary. He got stoned, left for dead shipwrecked, in prison often, right? Many of, the, many of the letters, as you read the Old Testament, were written from prison, right? Some of them, he was in such bad health, he's, he's orally dictating and someone else is writing him down because he's in that bad of shape, right? But Paul says, not just here, in several of his letters, rejoice always, rejoice always. Um, and he's saying that from the bottom of a dungeon, right? Rejoice always um, and give thanks. That's God's will for your life. You want to know God's will for your life? That's it. Be thankful. Be thankful. And when we've got a heart that is thankful towards God, that's rejoicing towards God, that's bringing everything to God in prayer, that's the kind of life that he can direct and make sure is in his will. Did you guys hear me? So that's the first one. It's God's will that we be thankful. The second one is this. It's God's will that we live honorable, holy lives. It's God's will that we live honorable, holy lives. God cares about how we live, right? Again, like, like we said at the beginning, God's much more concerned with the how 
of how we're living than the when and the what, making sure all that lines up, right? God says, how are you living right now? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 15. 1 Peter 2, verse 15, Peter writes this, It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. It's what? God's will. What's God's will for my life? And that I live an honorable life that would silence ignorant people that would try to, to speak negatively, badly of me, right? That we'd live, live the kind of lives that no one could say anything bad about you, right? I mean, they'd have to lie. They'd have to make it up, and people do. Um, they'll, they'll live in such a way that someone would have to lie to make up something bad to say about you, right? And if they do that, man, that, that, that's persecution, and the Bible says you're blessed for that. Um, but, man, live such a way that it silences the ignorant people who would make foolish accusations to give you. Live an honorable life. Live an honorable life, right? Live an live a ethical and moral life so people don't and catch you stealing, right? Don't catch you cheating, right? Don't, don't, don't catch you being uh, lazy. They look at your life and say, I mean, they're hardworking. They're fair. They're kind to everyone. They're generous with everyone. I don't have anything negative to say about them, right? Wouldn't that be great? That people could look at our lives and say, I can't think of one negative thing to say. I don't know that that's true of any of us. I know it's not true of me, right? That's a goal to work towards, right? We want to talk about getting our life lined up with God's will. Well, that's it. Right? It's God's will that we live an honorable life. So if I'm going to work towards God's will, I want to work towards having an honorable life, then no one can say anything bad about me. Right? And if I see an area that people could say something bad, I want to work on that. I want to get better. Say, God, help me with that. And God, God, help my work ethic. Help me to work, be a harder worker so people can't look at my life and say, Matt, you're lazy. Right? Uh, let me be fair with how I treat people so no one can say, Matt, you show favorites. You, you, you're, you show favoritism. That's not right. God, help me with that. Help me not to be that way. Help me not to be prejudiced in any area of my life, right? Help me to be kind. Help me to be generous. Help me to be faithful with what you've entrusted to me, God. But live an honorable life that would silence those who would make foolish accusations against you. Jumping back to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 4.3. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 says, God's will is for you to be holy. Some of your translations say, this is God's will, your sanctification, which is like a big... A big, like, $10 theological word, sanctification, that just means the process of God making you holy. Process of God making you more like Him, making you more like Jesus, taking us where He found us, a sinful mess, every single one of us, right? And that process of making us more like Him, removing sin from our life, making us more holy. That's a process that won't be totally complete till heaven, right? We're not going to be totally perfect till heaven, um, but we should be in that process of becoming more and more holy. I mean, the moment we put our trust in Jesus, right, there's an instant sanctification where we're forgiven of our sins, we're made right with God. But then there's also the process we enter of becoming more holy. And it says it's God's will for you to be holy. What's God's will for your life? That you be holy. And he says, so stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his or her own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and His ways. It says, God's, God's will is for you to be holy, so don't chase after all the things this world chases after. Man, he uses sex as an example. Here we are 2,000 years later, sex is still a good example, yes. Um, but, but all the passions, all the things this world chases after, the, uh, the, the, the pleasures of this world, man, sex, sexual pleasure is a big one, but also man, greed. And power, the things this world fights for, kills themselves to get, grasps after, chases after. 
Paul says, man, don't, don't, don't make your life about chasing after those things, right? God wants better for you uh, than just being the rat race, chasing after all the things this world chases after. This world chases after pleasure. This world chases after fame and prestige and wealth. God says, don't waste your life chasing after those things. I want you to live a holy life, man, where you've got self-control, right? The fruit of the Holy Spirit. One of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is self-control. I mean, God wants self-control to be full in our lives. That evidence that the Holy Spirit is at work within us. We're, again, we're not just giving in to every single passion, every single desire, every single lust of our heart, but we live self-controlled lives, holy lives. That's God's will for us, right? That we live those holy lives. That's the kind of life that God can direct and steer right where he wants it to be. Right? Because it's holy, it's submitted to him. Again, not chasing after every passion, not chasing after every, 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 every lust, after every impulse, but a self-controlled life, a holy life that he can direct. Next verse I want to look at is Micah, chapter 6, verse 8. You can turn over to the Old Testament. Micah, chapter 6, verse 8. He asks a question. What does the Lord require of you? What kind of life? does God want us to live? What does the Lord require of us, humans, mere mortals, some of your translations say? What, 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 is, what does the Lord require of you? Or another way to ask it is, what is God's will for your life? And he says this, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That's God's will for your life. That's what God wants for you. To act justly, right? To treat people with justice and equity and fairness right? Not, not be unjust, not show favoritism and prejudice, right? Not treat Jade one way and Justin a different way, right? But to act justly, right? Not, not, you know, cheat Sarah, not manipulate hope. Act justly, right? Treat people with justice. Do what's right. It says to love mercy. And it's God's will that we be like him and love mercy. Is God merciful? He's incredibly merciful, incredibly merciful, and God wants us to be like him, right? You know, being a Christian is becoming more and more like Jesus. Jesus is merciful. God's merciful. He wants us to be merciful as well, to rejoice in mercy, to love mercy like he loves mercy. mercy. Not, not trying to get even when someone does us wrong. You know, not, not trying to, to balance the scales. Man, God's in control. You know, it's his job to balance scales. It's his job to make sure debts are settled. Uh, it's not our job to get revenge or to get even. And it's our job to show forgiveness and grace and mercy like we've been shown forgiveness and grace and mercy from God. Has God forgiven us of a lot? Yeah, yeah and we need to forgive others of a lot. Has God canceled a great debt from us? Yeah, so we need to cancel debts for others as well and show them grace, show them mercy like we've been shown mercy. And he finally says, and walk humbly with your God. And God's will for our lives is that we be humble. Right? Part of an honorable life, part of a holy life is having a humble life. Right? I'm not, not going to be proud. I'm not going to be self-centered. Uh, biblical humility is not, it's not uh, low self-esteem. It's not, oh, I'm nothing. I'm a lowly worm. That's not humility, right? Uh, I'm just a miserable, wretch, nothing, totally worthless. No, that's not humility. Biblical humility is having the right view of your life according to Scripture, right? So, um, I mean, no, I'm not a miserable nothing worm. Like, I'm a child of God, right? I'm created in God's image. I have value. I have worth. Uh, I'm, I'm the son of God. God's given me talents and abilities. Uh, so biblical humility is not a low self-esteem, right? But instead it's having, having a biblical view for yourself, and, and it's making sure that your life is less about you and more about God and more about other people. It takes the focus off of you, which is 
pride and selfishness and puts the focus on God where it belongs and on serving other people. Right? So when we talk about walking humbly with God, it says, okay, my life is going to be less about me and more about God and more about other people. Right? Biblical humility is not thinking less of yourself. That's low self-esteem. It's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking less about yourself and more about God. Less about making your life less about you and more about how can I serve and help other people. Right? That's a humble life. That's the kind of life that honors God. That's the kind of life that it says the Lord requires of us, to walk humbly with God. Right? To not be selfish, to not be prideful, to not to always figure out, uh, man, man how, do I, how do I serve, number one? How can I make sure I've got all my needs met? But instead to man, focus on the Lord and say, how can I serve the people around me? Right? How can I make my life about uh, improving Chris's life, improving Justin's life, right? You know, lifting Gian up. How, how, can, how can I encourage the people around me? That's a humble life, right? So humility, not low self-esteem, not down in the dumps. I'm a nothing, right? They say, no, I'm somebody because God loves me, right? I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God, but I'm not going to be prideful, right? I'm going to make my life about making Jesus' name great and about serving other people. So the first one was, it's God's will that we be thankful. The second one was, it's God's will that we live honorable, holy lives. And the last one we're going to look at is this. It's God's will that we be saved and reconciled to Him. It's God's will that we have relationship with Him. That if we're separated from Him, we'd be reconciled, we'd be in right relationship with Him. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. 2 Peter 3, 9. Peter says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. A bit of context here. He's talking about, um, you know, when, when is Jesus going to return? You know, when is going to be the, the end of time? Uh, is Jesus coming back anytime soon? Or is he just going to kind of let history keep unfolding? Um, there's a lot of bad stuff happening. When is God going to step down and say, okay, that's quite enough? You guys stop killing each other and hurting each other. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and put stop on this. I'm going to say this is the end. They're asking Peter, why has this not happened yet, right? Why is God being so slow? Jesus said he was going to come back. That's like the last thing he said, right? Right when he ascended to heaven, he said, I'm coming back, I promise. Well, Peter, where is he, right? He says, it's not that he's slow, right? He's not returned, but it's not because he's slow. He's not, he's not slow like we think of slowness. It says, instead, he's patient. He's patient with you, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, why hasn't Jesus come back yet? It's not because he's slow. It's because he's patient. And he's given as many people as possible a chance to repent and be reconciled to him. Why? Because it's his will that nobody perish. Right? But everyone come to repentance. Right? It's his desire that every single human being have the chance to have a relationship with him, be reconciled to him, and be saved. He wants to see every single person come to that place of repentance and be restored to him. So if it seems like, God, you're taking a long time, that's just because his patience is much greater than mine, right? I would have been done with it a long time ago. Y'all did too many wars. Y'all killed too many people. Y'all sinned way too much. I'm going to put a stop, but, but I'm not God, thankfully, right? God's way more patient with me. So now I'm going to wait a little bit longer. I got some people over here that might get saved, right? I want to wait a little bit longer because, man, I know these people over here are going to repent. Man, they, they just need that person that's going to go to them. They just need Kayla to go preach to them, right? I'm just, I just want to wait a little bit longer. He's being patient with us, patient with us. There will come a day. When he does say, that's enough, right? I don't know when it is. Nobody knows when it is. Jesus says, don't try to guess. Only God knows. But there is going to come a day where Jesus does return, right? And in that moment, uh, 
you know, you know, the, 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 the church, man, the followers of Christ are going to be united with him, right? And we get to be with him forever. Praise the Lord, right? There's going to come a day where every single one of us has to stand in judgment before God and give an account of our life. There's going to come a day where every single one of us have to answer a one-question entrance exam for heaven. That one question is, do I know you? Do I know you? Do I have a relationship with you? Or like in Matthew 7, is Jesus going to have to say, depart from me, I never knew you, right? That's the one question entrance exam for heaven. Do I know you? Or depart from me, I never knew you, right? So, so Jesus is going to come back. There's going to be a day where we stand in judgment. But the reason it's not happened yet is because he's patient. He's patient. God's will is not for anyone to perish, you know, but everyone to come to repentance and have relationship with him. It's God's will that we be reconciled to him. This will be the final verse we'll look at. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2 through 4. 1 Timothy 2, 2 through 4. I'm going to pick up partway through verse 2, where Paul, uh, yeah, writing here to Timothy, he says, Live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good, and it pleases God our Savior, who wants or wills all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. What's God's will? And that every, everybody come to the knowledge of the truth. God wants all people to be saved, Right? He doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to be saved, everyone to have relationship with him. That's God's will that would be reconciled to him. And if you're here tonight, right, and you say, I've not been reconciled to God, right? I've, I've, not, I've not come to the place where uh, I could stand before God and honestly say, God, I, I know you. I have a relationship with you, right? That I'm, I'm not where I need to be with God or I'm far away from God. Know that it's God's heart, man. He wants everyone to be saved. He wants everyone to come to knowledge of the truth. He wants everyone to be reconciled with him. And that includes you, right? God loves you. And even though every single one of us has done wrong, myself included, uh, and, and the wrong things that we've done have separated us from having that relationship with God that he wants us to have, God loved us way too much to leave us that way, right? God loved us way too much to leave us disconnected from him, but made a way through Jesus for us to be reconciled to him, for us to be saved. Jesus did for me what I can never do for myself. And he lived that life that I could never live, right? He lived that perfect life, didn't sin even one time. I can't live a perfect minute, right? And Jesus lived a perfect life. Then Jesus was uh, arrested and beaten and then publicly executed, right? He died, hung on the cross, and the Bible says that he did that for me. He did that for you to take the punishment that we deserve for our sins, to take the punishment we deserve for everything we've ever done wrong so God can extend us mercy and grace and forgiveness instead. Right? We don't get what we deserve. Right? We get mercy instead. We talked about God loves mercy. I mean, that's mercy. Good news of the gospel is, is, is that after Jesus died, he was buried. And then a few weeks from now, we're going to celebrate it. Easter, Resurrection Sunday. And Jesus rose from the dead, appearing to hundreds and hundreds of eyewitnesses. Right? Uh, and, then, and, then, and then ascended to heaven with that promise that one day I'm going to come back for you. Um, and, and why did God do all that? Why did God send his son Jesus to, to go through all that? So that he could have a relationship with you. So that you could be saved. Because he wants all people to be saved. That's why God did that. That's why Jesus did that. If you're here tonight, you've not put your trust in Jesus in that way. Uh, so Jesus, would you be my Savior? Be my Lord? God, please forgive me of my sins and make me right with God. And we're going to have a chance to pray that in a minute. Because that is God's will for your life. Right? We're stressing about what's God's will for my life. I can tell you for a fact that's God's will for your life, that you know him, that you have a relationship with you, him. Um, what's God's will? 
What's God's will? Uh, and like we said in the beginning, sometimes we get, we get so hung up and worried about detail stuff about God's will. We want to know, I've got a big decision to make. What's, what's God's will in that decision? Right? I've got to decide about a major. Maybe I'm changing my major. I've got to decide about an internship. I've got to figure out what the summer looks like and a summer job. And am I going to stay in Memphis or am I going to move somewhere else? Or I've got to decide about this living situation. I've got to decide about dating this boy, dating this girl. I've got to decide maybe about marriage and, and those details. And we get so worried about decisions and details and timelines. And God says, I don't want you to worry about any of that. I don't want you to worry about that. Yes, we've got, we've got to make plans. Yes, there's stuff for us to do. We do play a role uh, in, in our lives. But ultimately, God's sovereign and he's in control. And he promises again and again that, that if we live godly lives, he's going to direct our steps, right? When the Bible talks about this is God's will for your life, it, it, it's not, it doesn't deal with specific details. It talks about how are you living right now in this present moment? How are you living in this season? And in this season, are you living in a way that pleases God? And then, you know, these big three that we looked at tonight, we know for sure that it's God's will that we live thankful lives. We're rejoicing, we're giving thanks to God. We know for sure that's God's will. We know for sure that it's God's will that we live holy and honorable lives, right? That we live in such a way that people can't, uh, can't, can't, can't speak negatively of us, right? We live in such a way that we're, we're treating others fairly and justly and doing what's right. Um, you know, living in such a way that we're walking in humility, um, making our lives about glorifying God and serving other people. And then finally, we know for sure that it's God's will that we have a relationship with Him. And man, if we're walking in a close relationship with Him, you know, He's got a way of steering you. He's got a way of course correcting, right? When we're kind of going off course, He's got a way of being like, you know, paddle it in, son. You're getting too far out, right? Kind of steer, steer it a little bit. Um, you know, my, my, my pastor, uh, Chuck, when I was in Kyle years ago, would, would use the example of, you know, kind of when you're walking down, uh, you know, walk, walking down the street or walking across campus um, with, with a friend of yours, and uh, you guys are kind of talking, right? Here, uh, Justin, you stand right next to me for you give me my example. And, and so Justin and I are walking, um, and I'm, I'm leading them somewhere he's never been before, right? And say, hey, we're going to go over to the uh, Buffalo Building. He said, I've never even heard of the Buffalo Building. Oh, you didn't hear about it? I'll show you where it is. Let's just walk and talk. And we're, we're just talking. It's going to be a little bit of a walk. So we're talking about sports. Yeah, yeah, we're talking yeah. about those Grizzlies. We're yeah. talking about the Tigers, man. We're talking about uh, the, the March Man. We're talking about this and this. I'm not talking about, I'm not, you know, I'm not giving them the driving directions. We're going to go 100 feet and then turn left. And then we're going to do, no, we're just kind of talking. And then as, as we need to turn, I'm kind of like, oh, we're going to. Kind of nudge him a little bit. We're going to nudge over this way. You know, you, you've walked with somebody, and, and, and you just kind of, oh, you, oh, you're turning? Okay, I'm going to turn. And, and, and we're talking, and we're going, and uh, that's how God's going to direct you, right? As you've got close relationship with him, and you guys are walking on, you're, you're talking, he's got a way of kind of nudging you. Oh, it's over, over the, you know, and getting you on the, thanks, Justin. Thank awesome. you so much. <laughs> he's got a way of getting you on the right path, of directing your paths, right? He's got a way of making sure that your life stays in his will, when we live a life that is, is, is glorifying to Him, is honorable to Him, we're living a righteous, godly life. Do you guys, does that make sense? Um, again, sometimes we get so caught up in the details. We make a big deal of stuff that should be a small deal. And we make a small deal of things that really should be a big deal. Jesus used this analogy with the Pharisees. He says, it's like, it's like you're straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel, right? You're making such a careful big deal about teeny tiny things. And you're totally blowing it, totally missing big, important things. And I feel like in the area of God's will, we do the same thing. We're worried about all these details, and we're missing out on big stuff like, are you living a holy life? Man, do you have a relationship with God? Like, are you really going after God? 
Are you really thankful? Are you really, man, living a life where you're rejoicing and giving thanks to God? And those, those are the big things to focus on. We're getting, we're getting hung out, straining out a net, hung up on these little details. Jesus said, don't be that way. Don't be that way. You know, don't, don't, don't miss the big picture stuff because we're worried about small detail stuff. Um, now, what would it look like, right, if, if our lives looked like that? If our lives looked like, man, giving, giving uh, glory to God in every situation, right, praising God in every situation, being thankful in every situation, living that honorable life. Again, not perfect, but trying to get better every day, living a life that people can't say anything negative about us. You know, when they look at our lives, it points to Jesus, it glorifies God. What would that look like? Um, so I want us to, to take some time and pray. Um, you know, I know some of you guys do have major life decisions coming up, and I don't want to belittle that and make it seem like it's not a big deal. No, it is a big deal. And like we said, if it matters to you, it matters to God, and He delights in every detail of your life. Um, but I do know that He doesn't want you to worry about it, right? There's decisions to be made, there's stuff to be figured out, but I know for sure He doesn't want you to worry about it. Now, we talked about that two weeks ago. What does Jesus say about worry? Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't. Stop. Yeah, Dr. Jesus says don't do it. Don't worry. It's not good for you. Um, so some of you guys have big decisions coming up. I do want to pray for that. Man, I, I didn't intend the message to be a bait and switch. Man, it's going to talk about God's will for my life and then not actually talk about uh, this stuff. But, but I do want us to change how we think about it because sometimes how we think about God's will is just not biblical, Right? God's sovereign. He's in control. He's going to direct our steps. We can make plans, like the proverb said, but ultimately, is every one of those plans going to, going to work out the way, the way we think it should? No, but every one of them is going to work out the way God wants it to. And if we're living a life that, that is godly, that is righteous, man, we're, we're walking close with Jesus, he's going to make sure that those other details work out. Are you guys hearing me? Um, so I want to pray yeah, for those that do have... Um, you know, big decisions coming up, big stuff they've got to figure out, that God would take away the anxiety and the stress and the pressure and the worry uh, and just help them to trust. Just help them to trust. Okay, God, I'm trusting you to guide and direct me. I'm trusting that you're going to speak to me about this issue. You're going to give me wise counsel. Uh, you're, going to, you're going to open doors and close doors and, and, and help me to know where to go from here. Uh, help me to trust you with that. And I don't want to pray for those that said, man, as you're talking about those things, I realize... Uh, I'm not in God's will in some of these big biblical areas of I'm not giving thanks uh, in every situation. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not rejoicing. I'm not praying continually. I know I need to do that. Or Matt, uh, I know I'm not living a life that's, that's honorable and holy the way that it could be. You know, I'm not living that self-controlled life the way that it could be. Um, there's areas in my life that I definitely need to improve. Uh, and I want you to pray, pray with me about that. And again, if you're in here tonight and uh, you say, man, I, I need a relationship with God. I'm far away from God. And I know it's God's will that I know him, that I be in a relationship with him. I, of course, want to pray with you guys uh, as well.